Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Happy New Year. When when are people listening to this? Do I say Happy New Year? Um, I mean, yeah, you, I'm sure. a Happy New Year. It's it's New well, Year somewhere. Wish I mean, everybody a Happy New Year. Let's just wish everybody a Happy New Year anyway. I don't know why we wouldn't do it just as a friendly gesture. We should do it in March or April or May. I mean, why would we not? Why don't that's the new tradition every day? Happy New Year. I mean, it's always a new year for something. It can be a happy, happy fiscal new year, whatever, you know, something like that. My wife and I uh, uh, drink drink champagne frequently. That's kind of like one of her favorite drinks. So we drink it uh, frequently, let's say, <laughs> and uh, uh, kind of our uh, silly tradition is every time the court, you know, doesn't matter, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter what day, but every time the court pops, it, it's you're required to say Happy New Year. You know what I did yesterday? Uh, we had a bunch of people over to watch the games, um, and we can talk about them in a second, but there's a lot of Alabama-related stuff, obviously, we need to get to, and we have sort of left you guys hanging for a little while. I mean, look, I got four kids, and three of them live in Ohio, and they're all down here, and it's been difficult in Christmas, and yada, yada, yada. Y'all know, y'all know the routine. Everybody's have been busy. But I had a bunch of people over to the house yesterday to watch uh, the playoff games, and, um, man, I put down, like, I put down several beers and I had a couple of uh, uh, mojitos, which for no reason other than I like mojitos. And, and I also put down like four white claws. I'd never had those before. I mean, I was, I was kind of digging mean, them. I've never had one. What What is it? It's I like mean, a, I know, I've a, heard of it. It's like a wine spritzer type of thing. And um, I kind of dug it. I mean, you know, and again, there were some sure, people like, good. oh, you know, there's, there's Luke drinking that old fancy pants drink. And I'm like, look, nobody's questioning my masculinity when I've got four children in this house. I have more children than most of you combined. So stop questioning me. And they're all mine. They've been DNA tested. I've got, I've got papers on them. This is, these are not, you know, these aren't kids that I'm using as a beard. This is, these are the real deal. Holy fields. <clears throat> but and, yeah, anyway, I would imagine you, you, it's, 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 I wouldn't call it a, it, it tastes good. You know, is it funny? Any drink that tastes good, people say, oh, what a girly drink. Yeah. That's good. So, so girls are the only ones that like drinks that taste good. That's, that's, no, cool. I, 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 no, I'm right there with you. In fact, like, there's nothing worse than the beer snobs, you know, that like, oh, this beer is too hoppy. I'm like, who, do you really know that? Who, how many hops are in it? Make that. How many, all right, tell me how They're many hops. If you, if you can tell me how many hops are in it, I'll buy your story. But, you know, otherwise, do you like it and did you get drunk? Those are generally the two qualifications <laughs> for alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, beer too hoppy. I, I don't know what that means. All, all I know is I, I hopped right back to the store and I bought more. I bought, all that means is I hopped back to the store and quit drinking this, you know, something, something lager. I bought Bud Light or Coors Light or Miller Light. I mean, that's what I bought. That's what I buy. I don't drink enough to actually be like a beer connoisseur and I don't really want to because I think that's a signal of a problem. But I know this, like I, I want something light. I don't like these thick, heavy beers that when I drink them, it feels like Oh, that's delicious. I just swallowed a liquid cinder block. That's awesome. No, I don't like that at all. Or the I just, I just, I just roll just drink the I got every day. I got every I, I think we roll the same way. I got an a, an 
for lack of a better term, an everyday beer, you know, Miller Lite usually, or Bud Light or Coors Light, you know, the everyday beer. But I do like the craft beers or fancy beers on uh, for like an occasion or like, hey, I'm going to this thing and I, or we're going out to eat or we're going to this bar thing. You know, I might do, you know, those kind of beers for occasions, but but not not every day. No, no, no. That, that's that's like too much. All right, well, let's get right to the immediate Alabama stuff. Obviously, Michigan's coming up, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's sort of a difficult – I don't know if it's a difficult game to preview or not. I guess it's just a little difficult to preview because you, these bowl games can be so tricky. You, I mean, we like to think Alabama's going to go out there and whip ass and because Alabama is more talented than them, but we don't know that. We don't know what the mental state is. I read two posts today by two different – Bama online posters who have made several posts. One of them said, y'all, this team is more focused than any game they've been focused on since focusing began. And another one said, I spoke to a player and he said, nobody seems to care about this game. So I, I mean, look, we, we'll talk about that in a second, but I think we should give major props to the basketball team for just, I mean, like literally as we're cutting this, they just finished a big time victory over Richmond who is now 10 and three or 12 and three or something like that, but they're really good Richmond team. And one of their losses was to Auburn. Um, This is a huge win for Alabama and and a great jumpstart to the SEC season coming up. Yeah. You know, uh, here's the good news was it's a really good win. I mean, for people, we talked about this Richmond game for a week or two, just in terms of like, wow, this will really help us in the net. This will help the perception of the team. Uh, it helps the record because it's another win. Um, and nice, nice win. And like, so where are we in the grand scheme? Can we can we talk about the NCAA basketball tournament, or is that a pipe dream? Well, from where we are right now, it is not a pipe dream. It is realistic. It's it's realistic. Now, you have to play your way in. You have to do well enough in the SEC games to play your way in. Uh, these re- these people that want to look at the records and say, because right now I'd say, okay. We're seven and five. I think we have a good chance to finish eight and five in the non-conference because we play Kansas State, who's a very good team, but we played them at home. So let's assume that win, which is really dumb and stupid, but let's assume that win and say we finish eight and five non-conference. I would say if we go 11 and seven in the SEC and have 19 wins, that probably puts you in. But that's that's a naive way to look at it. It's not that you finish 11 and seven. It's who is part of the 11 and who is part of the seven because if you lose to a bunch of crappy teams so if your seven is made up of a bunch of bad losses it doesn't matter who you beat conversely if your 11 is made up of some really good wins maybe it doesn't matter as much that you lost the seven games so just saying it's it's who you beat and where it's not necessarily just a rote look at the numbers. But that said, as a general guideline, I think if Alabama wins around 11 games in the SEC schedule, they're probably in, which is saying a lot, which is saying a whole hell of a lot based on how we played early, based on the fact this is Nate's first year. Um, but gosh, I would say that's getting ahead of things. Oh, hell yes, it's getting ahead of things. It's 19 games of getting ahead of things. We need to take them one step at a time, and the early SEC schedule is a bear. I mean, oh, it's brutal. Bear, a grizzly bear. It's a bear. It's a grizzly bear with gonorrhea. 
that's what this is coming up. And I can't imagine something worse than that. A horny grizzly bear with gonorrhea. It's a horny (laughs) grizzly bear with gonorrhea. That really is. That sounds so awful. I mean, wouldn't that be the worst if you're like at Yellowstone and you get attacked by a bear and like you were managed to escape somehow, like Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie that made me so cold? <laughs> just being it, I can't remember the name of it. Huh? The Revenant. 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 And um, and um, so like you escape the bear somehow that way, and like you get to the doctor and you're like, "Look, I got some really good news. You, you've we've been able to save all your major organs." I do need to tell you, though, you do have bear gonorrhea now. <laughs> <laughs> that know, would be bad news. Massive that's, that's never, bear gonorrhea. It's not going to look good on a Tinder profile. <laughs> no, it's not. Be like, well, you can say I survived a bear attack, and I will take no more <laughs> questions from this point forward about that attack. <laughs> um, so, What I got going for people, me is my bear gonorrhea has just about <laughs> cleared up. Yeah, it's just about cleared up. Uh, so. The uh, the basketball team looked pretty good. Jaden Shackelford, uh, close to 30 points. He was – I mean, this team is really beginning to come together a little bit. But I'm like you. Um, I, look, I'm, I'm trying to be an optimist here. The good news about a tough schedule coming up right off the bat is I think we're playing the best we've played all year. Hopefully it's in the best yes. we will play all year. But I think we're playing our best. And Florida is not playing that great. Oh, we opened up at Gainesville yeah. on Saturday. Um. Then I think it's uh, is it Mississippi State at home, and then at Kentucky, at and and <sighs> Kentucky's not playing great. Um, they did beat then home against Auburn, and then home against Auburn, and then uh, or maybe yeah, and then maybe at Missouri or something. Those five games are pretty arduous, but we can win two of those. We my goal is to win two of those, and if we win three, I'm gonna feel like I'm I'm on borrowed time. So that's great. Um, should point this out too. Also, something that happened today. Couple of things Alabama related from the NFL. Derrick Henry won the NFL rushing title on a 53 yard touchdown run late in the game, which it didn't mean a ton against AJ McCarron, ironically, who was quarterbacking the Houston Texans. Um, and they kept talking about Derrick Henry needs so much to catch Nick Chubb and he needed eight more yards. And I thought to myself, self, this would be just like Derrick Henry to break off a long run here, kind of like he did against Auburn in 2015 yeah, when he, he had that touch. Well, he won the Heisman, but he, he remember he had that touchdown streak of games, and he didn't have a touchdown against Auburn until like it was fourth and one. We decide to go for it. We hand him. He breaks free, scores a touchdown, keeps his streak alive, and Alabama covers. Well, he did the same thing here. I mean, he he just breaks free for 53 yards, and nobody can catch it, this humongous human being and um so uh even tony romo said he looks like he's six nine out there running as fast as everybody else i mean it's like if you do catch him what are you going to do with it so uh it it was happy for him but very sad for freddie kitchens who got fired today (laughs) well sad in the sense that you know the nfl stands for not for long in Freddie's case, it was – I don't even know that long is the is the, the, right, the right description of one season. It's kind of crazy and stupid if you think about it. But, hey, we're going to give you 16 games to prove if you're one of the best in the league. And if you're not, we're just going to can your ass. And he has so many difficult egos on that team. I mean, can you coach OBJ and, and be held accountable in just one season? But – and Baker Mayfield and all the and, and, and Miles Garrett, all that craziness that happened with him and 
I'm not sure it was very fair. On the other hand, Freddie is rich now. Freddie's crazy rich. Freddie is ridiculously rich by Etowah County standards. So <laughs> if I'm Freddie, I take all that money and I go back home to Etowah County and I live out my days fishing fishing the back ponds of Etowah County and reminiscing about my one year as a head coach in the NFL. I'm good with that. You could I'm be Freddie, like but... um and uh who's the uh former Alabama lineman who plays for the um he he plays for uh Baltimore now. His name escapes me. He was like the strongest guy on the Bozeman. team. Bo- yeah, Bradley Bozeman. Bradley Bozeman. RV. He lives in an RV and like has like a a little plot of land, and he's put some like pea gravel down for like a yard, and he's just saving all of his money. It, it's it's incredibly smart. Yet at the same time, I'm like, dude, get you just get you a a nice little ranch house. I mean. You know, you get you a three-bedroom ranch house. You don't have to be in. He's at one end of the spectrum. You got other guys in the NFL that literally spend every single dime they make on insanely stupid stuff, and they have no money left. And they, Trent Richardson was doing the pawn your title, keep your car thing, and Bradley Bozeman has <laughs> has got to buy an extra RV just to keep his extra money. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's like it's like we've covered both ends of the crazy spectrum but no I, I feel bad for freddie also related uh, of course uh, former alabama coach tosh lupoy on freddie kitchen staff he is out of a job as well uh with with freddie being terminated so uh you know sad but on the other hand extremely well compensated even though like i said freddie could go home and just go bass fishing for the rest of his days and live like the king of etowah county i bet freddie stays in football uh Oh, the fact yeah. of the matter is, he's a pretty talented offensive coordinator. That's that's how he got this head coaching job. Uh, as many coordinator jobs are about to come open, uh, I bet Freddie ends up as an OC in the NFL. Uh, if he wants to listen to advice from me, uh, which is all always kind of dumb, uh, I, I think I think something that he hasn't really done or, or done since he was a very very young coach. Uh, I think getting back in the college game might not be a bad idea. A lot of innovative ideas coming from college. You can have more more freedom in college to do really what you want on offense instead of just doing things the NFL way. And uh, I would look at what Joe Brady – I know Freddie is not Joe Brady's age at all, but uh, look what Joe Brady was able to do coming from the NFL to college. And uh, – well, you do have to work a lot harder and there's longer hours because in, in the NFL, you don't have to recruit in college. You have to recruit around the clock 365 days a year. Uh, I, I think you ought to consider uh, the college game because now everybody knows who he is. Uh, he, he could be impactful in recruiting just by the fact that he's a head coach that everybody knows. He's an offensive mind. And uh, he kind of, you know, is famous for playing college football more so than playing pro football. So. Uh, I think you ought to give it a, give, give that a consideration. Uh, and you bring up Tosh Luboy. I'd love to find a place on the staff for him. Well, talking about one of the great recruiters in, in all of the country. Uh, think about this. Nick Saban, Nick Saban was, the, was, is, was slash is the best recruiting coach of all time. Alabama recruited better than any program has ever recruited over an extended period of time. I think the, uh, it's obviously a subjective thing to say, but you got a lot of numbers from wins and championships 
to first-round picks in NFL drafts to back up that assertion. And over the course of the Saban era, I would argue that probably the best recruiter of the entire Saban era on the Saban staff was Tosh Lupoy. So he's very talented at that. I think he's trying to get to the NFL to prove that he's more than just a recruiter. Is just one year in the NFL of coaching X's and O's enough for that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, obviously, he has a lot of freedom himself. He'll have a lot of opportunities. Uh, it'll be interesting to me personally to see if he pursues another NFL job, or if he's ready to dive back into uh, the recruiting wars. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I think though the thing about some of these guys that have been in the recruiting wars, generally they like them. I mean, they want to be in there in the battle for these for these kids. I mean, that's. It's kind of what sets them apart, but you know who knows he may want something different. Um, okay, so Jimmy, I think we do need to at least broach this. Oh, I did want to bring up one more thing. We did get a commitment from your boy Deontay Lawson since last we spoke. This is a kid that uh, you are in love with, uh, metaphorically. Talked about um, him for a long time. Yeah, yeah, we have talked about him for a long time. He's he is a very good player. I saw him play in the state championship game. He didn't he didn't necessarily wow me that day. I, I readily admit, but as terms of how he looked versus everybody else on the field physically, there it was a no comparison. He was the best looking cat out there. So, uh, but I'll let you wax poetic about him for a second. <laughs> well, I don't want to get give people the wrong idea. I mean. Uh, I do think Deontay is a really good prospect. Uh, I do believe he's worthy of an Alabama offer and take. Um, I, I think he's going to fit in well with, with, with the lineage of Nick Saban linebackers. And let's just start out with great frame, athletic, and physical. I mean, that just sounds like uh, Nick's linebackers, and he's going to fit in just well. Uh, just Just perfect just on that alone. Let's throw in that you know, Bryce Young has about as good of intangibles as you'll ever find. So I feel silly uh, bringing up Bryce Young intangibles-wise. But for a killer assassin linebacker, Deontay, uh, outstanding intangibles in the sense great grades, great teammate, shows up first, goes home last, works harder than anybody on the team despite the fact he's the best player on the team, uh, bright, uh, wants, knew what he wanted in recruiting the whole time, which was to play for Alabama. Uh, play for Ronnie Cottrell, who, you know, love him, love him, like him, or don't like him. Is there any doubt that Ronnie Cottrell can prepare kids to play college football? So uh, I think Deontay has, has outstanding intangibles uh, and, and, like I said, athlete, physical, will hit you, uh, can play inside or out. Now, that all said, that makes it sound like I'm saying he's a five-star. He's not. He's not. He's, he's a four-star, uh, but a real four-star. Some kids, you might say they're a four-star. Really, they're not. Deontay is a real four-star, meaning that I would say he, is, he, he has an NFL future in terms of measurables, uh, in terms of what he brings to the table. He has an NFL future. He's not just uh, a, a good college prospect. He's a good pro prospect. Uh, is he a five-star, meaning is this a guy that's going to be a true freshman, instant impact starter, be three and done and be a first-round pick in the NFL draft? No, 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 no. I, I don't think he's that guy. Now, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we should all hope so. And I think he's capable of that, frankly. But uh, in terms of what my projection would be, no, he's a four-year guy. 
uh, and is a potential uh, starter at Alabama. Uh, he'll be a good special teams player. Uh, so I don't set my expectations for Deontay at, oh, he'll start as a freshman and he'll be all SEC as a sophomore. That That's just so unfair uh, to, to all the kids, really. But I, I would just call Deontay more of a really solid player. And I think right now in the composite, he's in the 230s. That's really ridiculous. But what's also ridiculous is looking at the composite for 2021 players and thinking they're anywhere near accurate. Th- those things are a always are a, a – a, a project that remains in progress up until February of 2021. So it's just too early to even criticize those rankings. And I'm not. I'm just telling you, and since I know this kid's game so well, I've seen him in person multiple times, seen him on tape a thousand times. Uh, I I just know his game really well. He's a kid that should rank in the national top 100, but closer to 100 than number one. if you want to get super specific, maybe somewhere in the 70s, 80s, 90s, I compare him to Demoy Kennedy favorably. Mm-hmm. I would rank Demoy higher than I would rank Demoy higher than Deontay for a couple reasons. I think Demo runs better. He runs better, so I think he'll make a better adjustment to the SEC because Demo is just faster. Uh, secondly, Demo plays 7A ball against great competition every week. Deontay is playing 3A ball. Uh, and that's why, Luke, when you, you saw him playing the three title game, you said there's no doubt physically who the most impressive guy on the field was. Uh, if Deontay played seven A ball, he, he he wouldn't stand out as much physically as he does at, at the three A level. Uh, so for those reasons, I'd say he's not Demo, but he's in the ballpark. He's in the ballpark, and 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 what I mean by that is it's a hell of a compliment. He's not Demo, but he's in the ballpark. Is that, is that what you're saying? I think you just summed it up. I think uh, I think uh, Christian story best uh, best Christian story since Joan and the Whale. You <laughs> did it again. I've done it again. Um, <laughs> all right. So I do think we need to discuss, um, even though it's not necessarily Alabama related, L- LSU's complete and thorough domination of Oklahoma in the bowl game. That was Alabama related to me. It, it was Proves rather Alabama- good. Yeah. And proved pretty good. I mean, yeah, we they beat the ever living fire out of the. I mean, that was wow. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could look at that game and be anything but super impressed. We lost to that team by four points with a hobbled quarterback. <laughs> right. I mean that, that that game. And and I'm not saying that game proved Alabama belongs in the playoff. Alabama doesn't belong in the playoff. We That's right. The playoff. We don't even need to be talking about Alabama in the playoff. We blew that. We don't. We don't deserve it, nor would I insist that Alabama's the fourth best team. I'm just saying, we saw LSU play Oklahoma. We saw LSU play Alabama. Who's better between Alabama and Oklahoma? I think we know. Ask LSU. I don't know that they would say so because they hate Alabama. But but if you ask Ed Orgeron when, in, in, in a quiet room where, where whatever he say can't be overheard by the media, ask Ed. Who was who was a tougher opponent, Alabama or Oklahoma? He would laugh, laugh. Oh, it's Alabama. No, I, I, so, in fact, just proof we're good. We're good. We we've done way too much belly aching about what a shitty football team we were this year. No, 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 no. That LSU team is one of the better SEC teams in recent history, 
and, 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 and we came within four points even with our quarterback playing on a bad ankle. So we really – we weren't great. We weren't championship worthy. We weren't. We were not a championship football team, but we're pretty damn good. No, I, I, I think that's very hard to debate. So it does make uh, make you feel a little bit better. And I am cheering for the for the SEC. I'm cheering for LSU. I know a lot of people aren't. I totally get that uh, that line of thinking. That's just not the way I'm going to go about this thing because the alternative is to have Dabo all shucks Sweeney win the championship again, and I don't want that to happen either. So um, that's about all I need to say about that. Any other SEC – I mean, I guess Texas A&M is the only other SEC team that's played, right? Yeah, and they had a good win. I mean, I, I know Oklahoma State doesn't move the needle a whole lot, but first of all, Oklahoma State was in the top 25. Here's another thing. Oklahoma State was without – question the third best team in the big 12 a mm. and m was the sixth or seventh best team in the sec and a and m won so that's what that game said it would have said nothing if oklahoma state won well well hell they're the third best team in the big 12 of course they beat the sixth or seventh best team in the sec but it says a lot when this when the lower when the sec team the sixth or seventh in their league went that just and again it just shows how much better the sec is than the Big 12. Ask Oklahoma. Ask anybody that watched the LSU-Oklahoma game. The SEC is just miles better than the Big 12. And Texas A&M played an impossible schedule. And even though they went into that game with A&M unranked and Oklahoma State ranked, hopefully by the way the bowls all shake out, we will see that in fact A&M should be ranked and, and Oklahoma State should not be because a and is just a better football team. They just played an impossible schedule. If Oklahoma State had played the schedule A&M did, they probably would have been 4-8. and eight. Oh, there's no question. And also, wasn't A&M the favorite? I mean, that should tell you something, too. Now, again, I always feel like a hypocrite when I talk about this when it comes to bowls because you don't freaking know. Outside the playoff, you don't really know who's really into this, who's doing it, or who's going to – even if a guy's into it. One guy may be into it, like, instead of thinking, hey, I'm doing whatever I need for my team to win, hey, I'm doing whatever I need to do to get noticed by the scouts. I'm going to play my ass off, but it's for the scouts, and so I might be out of position sometimes because I'm trying to make a big play. I mean, you don't know what the bowl game will do to a, a certain player's mentality. It's just it's just a different animal now, and even though I am thankful guys like Jerry Judy are going to play in this bowl game, you, you don't really know what his mindset will be. Will it be for Jerry Judy, or will it be for the Alabama Crimson Tide? So I talk about, you know, lines in bowl games, they can just be really, really misleading, and it is a total crapshoot. It's like betting on these NFL games here on Week 17. I mean, there, there's some teams that, like, the Patriots <laughs> Just they just wow. really weren't there today. They did have something to play for, but they really just weren't into it. You could tell from Bills minute lost one. To the Jets. I mean, the Bills lost. Bills to lost the Jets. To, yeah, the Vikings so lose was, to the Bears. They did. I mean, that's that's just they just weren't trying. There was I mean, some cuckoo the Texans, banana stuff out the there. The Texans man. benched half their team playing the Titans. <clears throat> half the half the Texans team sat on the bench and watched the backups play the Titans. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, that's a great analogy, totally true. And, and you know, uh, everybody knows I'm, I'm active on Twitter, and hopefully everybody's following following Luke and, and myself on Twitter. And I, I put up a, a, my prediction, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. I put up my, my, my prediction for the game Wednesday. 
uh, and I had Alabama winning, even though I had Michigan scoring quite a bit of points. And and there were some comments about it. And and a uh, a female that follows me is really good. She's pretty pretty smart sports gal. Uh, she she who responded. is it? Call her out. <laughs> Heather Liner from Tennessee. Uh, okay. She she said that uh, she predicted that Alabama would lose and give up 50 points. <laughs> and oh, while I don't agree, I don't agree with that. I, I don't think, I think what she was saying, what you're saying, Luke, is her prediction, which isn't far-fetched at all, is that Alabama's players aren't going to care about this game, that we will show up and not play well, and that it will look like Utah in 08, or it will look like Oklahoma in 2013, and we'll have a bunch of players concerned with a bunch of things other than winning the game. Oh, and we're missing two more defensive starters on defense. And, heck, Raekwon Davis wasn't even practicing with the first team today. As we know, he's been nicked up. So her prediction, you know, and someone responded to her prediction by saying, that's insane. You're saying that Michigan is a better football team than LSU? That's crazy. That's not what she meant, dude. (laughs) She meant that Alabama's not going to care about this game. And while I don't agree – that's not my information to put it to put it in one way. I, 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 it's not my opinion. It's not my information. I think Alabama's going to show up and play well. Actually, I, I, I'm expecting Alabama to play pretty good. But it is not crazy to predict that this is a game Alabama doesn't care about, and and that it will be reflected in the score and the outcome of the game. That's not a crazy thing to predict at all. Yeah, I think. Look, I, I'm I'm sort of with you though. I mean, what I mean, <laughs> giving up fifty would be a thing, man. I mean, that'd be something where we'd go, okay, maybe this dynasty isn't on such solid ground. You know, I mean, we oh, this would be we, well, I would oh, that would be I worrisome. Would, I'll be mad mildly. I'll be mad. Yeah. I'll be mad as a fan. You know, I'll be mad if if we if we play that badly. But I'm just saying. You you just said it so well yourself. I mean, it's hard to predict who's going to show up to these games and who's not, and who's playing for what reason. And if we show up and we don't care, and Michigan shows up and they care a whole lot, heck yeah, we could lose, and heck yeah, it could look pretty bad on the scoreboard. Yeah. Well, regardless, um, I hope we will do a show tomorrow and give our official predictions. Um, so in fact, right now I'm going to say, I'm going to predict we do a show tomorrow and we have predictions then that's my prediction for today. I've already put a prediction on Twitter, but this gives me 24 hours to rethink things because I did read a lot of the comments to my prediction and I'm not locked into that. I can, I can change my mind. It's my prerogative. Bobby Brown told me years and years ago, it's my prerogative to change my mind whenever I want. And, uh, I can change my mind tomorrow and have a different score on our show. And I might, I'm, I'm still, I'm still thinking it through as information comes in and as opinions change, I'm anxious to see other sec teams play. Uh, it really gives me an idea of where we stand. And uh, I think Mississippi state plays Louisville tomorrow. And that's one of the games I sort of expected the sec team to lose. And now Mississippi state won't have their projected starting quarterback play because he got his ass beat in a fight with his own teammate <laughs> on the practice field. So he won't, he won't be playing. They got to play the other guy. Who I is there anything be- more Joe Moorhead than that? Is there any? Is there anything that tells you? Okay, Joe Joe Moorhead is in over his head more than that. It, he finally gets. He finally gets some momentum. He wins the Egg Bowl. He actually gets Matt Luke fired. He he has a pelt on his wall as an Ole Miss head coach. 
And before he can even really celebrate that, one of his own defensive linemen blinds his freshman star quarterback. But here's the thing that's even more Joe Moorhead than that to me. I've seen Mississippi State play five or six games. I know the younger kid is, quote, the future. They have a better chance of beating teams with Tommy Stevens. Tommy Stevens is a better quarterback. Now, I know he's been banged up. I know he hasn't looked good all the time. He, he turns over the ball too much. And, and, and I'm not saying Tommy Stevens is Joe Burrow. He's nothing close to that. But what I'm saying is we played Mississippi State, and we played Mississippi State, and I wanted the best outcome possible. I'm thinking, man, I hope they put that freshman in there. We'll eat that guy alive. Tommy Stevens might might hit us with some uh, with some, some shots to the kidney. And, and, and they did. You know, they didn't really muster much of a uh, – much of an effort against uh, Alabama. They're really outmanned against Louisville. They won't be. And I think Joe Moorhead, like, even though it's not by design, he's putting a better quarterback with a better chance to win on the field tomorrow. But that's a game I'm interested in seeing. All right, buddy. So roll tide. We will talk to you guys tomorrow and um, happy new year. If you don't listen tomorrow. (laughs) Happy new year. We're going to say it every day. We're going to say it yeah, every we, day in 2020. That's the resolution. Happy New Year. Actually, we should be more like Nick Saban. We should be like, happy day. Like, just like, we're not looking past today. We're, our opponent is today. <laughs> we're not, for, for forget what, resolutions what? for the new year. I want a re- resolution for each morning. Let's pray that our kids stay out of trouble. I mean, the curfew's late. It's Orlando. Oh, There's a lot of stuff to do. Oh, yeah. There's Getting no closer telling. to game time. Oh, we've had guys in trouble basically every year, some in the media, some not even in the media. Basically every year we've had a player or two in some level of trouble. It's just thankfully it hasn't really been a first-team player with a lot of media coverage. (laughs) But I'm just saying it's over 100 kids. It's in Orlando. It's a late curfew. There's a lot to do. Let's all all say a little little prayer uh, of of New Year's tonight for – keeping our kids out of the hot water and into the bed. All right, guys, roll tide. Roll tide.